Hi, welcome to What's the Word. I'm your host, Jamie McFadden, and I'm so excited to have you here. This podcast is about all things wellness. Each week, we will focus on a word of the day, and I interview some of the most inspirational people I know and share that inspiration with you. Join me. Let's learn together on What's the Word. This is the place where I Hi, and welcome back to What's the Word. I'm your host, Jamie McFadden, and today we have an incredible interview that I've been really looking forward to, and it's one that has been pushed off and pushed off and pushed off for way too long, but here we are today with Shannon Montgomery. She is a fitness attorney, and I can't wait to dive into what that means in just a little bit. She is going to talk with us today about the word relentless, which is also one of my favorite words and also one of my favorite books by Tim Grover. So welcome to the show, Shannon. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a treat. Oh, you are such a treat. (laughs) And I'm just so happy to have you on here. So for those of you that do not know Shannon thus yet, go check her out right now at Lifting Lawyer on Instagram. She will inspire you immediately. I am certain of that. And I'm, I'm sitting here getting to look at those beautiful guns that she has going on here. Um, so let's dive right in. What made you choose the word relentless and what does it mean to you? Oh, gosh. So I, typically <laughs> I'm a pretty intense person um, and about a lot of if I'm not super intense, then I just don't care. So a lot of people would probably describe me as like, pretty relentless when it comes to my goals or the the things that I decide to attach to. Um, I will not give up on going after whatever that thing is. Um, And the word relentless, I feel like has always truly described just my personality and how, I mean, not that I'm not like fun and, you know, carefree and all those things, but I'm like type A. When I pick a goal, that is, there's nothing that's going to stop me from at least trying to achieve it. Um, Obviously, there are certain things in life that will probably just never happen, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try. Uh, And Relentless, I feel like that's just the one, 100% the best way to describe my view on life and going after the things that I want. So I love that. And I will just say right now, just those, because Relentless to me is one of, I agree with you. It's one of my go-to's. And, you know, I am someone in my life. And I think anyone that's in this audience listening right now knows you could knock me down a hundred times. I'm going to keep getting back up. I'm going to keep fighting the fight. I'm going to keep going. And just when I asked you, uh, you know, your title and you said fitness attorney right then and there, it's like, okay, she competes (laughs) in fitness competitions and she's an attorney. So she's not only incredibly strong, she's also incredibly smart. And now she's taking those two things and bringing it so that you can help a lot of people in the fitness industry. Also, I think to be a little bit more relentless within their own brand. So let's tap into that a little bit. What exactly is it that you do as a fitness attorney and what would you like for the other fitness enthusiasts or, you know, people that are listening right now that, that, that rings a bell to them, what would you like them to know or kind of start to consider? Mm, that is a loaded question. <laughs> so I guess I kind of carved a little niche for myself as an attorney. Typically, I guess what you would say I do is more transactional work. So when people are like, oh, do you go to court? Do you do? So no, I handle the back end sort of business work for people. Um, and when I first started practicing, I wanted to be a sports agent. 
and just my love for fitness and my love for training and health and wellness and all of that, I wasn't a, I wasn't making it in the sports agent world, but B, when I had to become a real attorney, I was doing actual attorney work like bankruptcies and foreclosures. And that was no fun. So I decided there had to be something I could do to kind of marry the two things. Well, the one thing that I had to do the skill set, and then the one thing that I love, which is fitness and a few, just because of my Instagram handle and just things like that, people realize that, Hey, this is a girl who really likes fitness and she's also a lawyer. Maybe she can help us. So these were people who were gym owners or influencers, um, fitness brands, and they were afraid of attorneys for the most part, but they realized that I kind of speak the same language and I am as dedicated and relentless in my health and fitness pursuit. So I'm probably similar as a lawyer. Um, and one thing led to another, and I just kind of built my practice. Um, my main goal is to help individuals in their fitness brands, because that is going to affect so many people like, like coaches, you know, those are things that I don't do. I can't coach somebody to lose 50 pounds and make their life healthier and happier, but I want to be the person to help the coach to help that person. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, I just help protect the brand with trademarks, copyrights. Um, I do a lot of contracts. Um, I do entity business entity formation, which people are like, oh, I set up my LLC and I'm like, good, perfect. That's a great place to start. Everyone always needs to know, like, where do you start? That's it. Form an LLC. If you're the only one, you know, and you're starting your business, that is always like your best first step. Um, So I just do, I would say like the back end work of helping fitness brands develop and then scale their business um, and make sure they're protected so that they can do what they love and not have to worry about, you know, the business side of it so much. So that is so wonderful. And really, you know, I will say being someone that's been in the fitness industry for so many years in that scope, um, you know, there are so many of us in the fitness and wellness industry that go into it because we're so passionate about it because of the story behind it, because of the journey we've had, and are very usually creative, uh, but not no, not always the most business oriented, right? So it's really important and imperative for anyone that's listening right now. If you are someone that's in that industry and in that scope, you know, right here you have a, a golden ticket to hopefully you know reach out to Shannon and chat with her a little bit further after this conversation. So thank you once again for being here. And now I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. You know, how did you get? into what you're doing? Were you always into fitness? You know, just a little bit about you kind of always having that relentless attitude in your life. Yeah. Well, passion. Um, I guess that could be my other word (laughs) in fitness people. We are passionate. That is our one. That is the one thing that binds us all together. Um, I would say I got started pretty young. My dad, um, so he, we have, I have two sisters and my dad came from a family of boys. So when he had all girls, he was like, what do I do? I'm going to take these girls to the gym. So when I was about 15, 16 years old, he started taking me to the gym with my older sister and I just fell in love. Like, I don't know why. I don't think he intended that. I think he just wanted some way to, you know, hang out with us that wasn't watching me do gymnastics or whatever. Um, and I, but I loved it. I mean, he taught me how to do all the basics, you know, squats, deadlifts and machines and how to do reps and sets and progressive overload, like all of those traditional things. And I just became obsessed. I was relentless at going to the gym. I remember 
making them drive me during the summer. So I guess I was about 15. I would make him drive me during the summer every single day to this, to the gym. That was, we had a gym right outside of our neighborhood. And I was like, I can't, I would freak out if they wouldn't take me. And my dad was like, I can't, this is, we have to get you a car as soon as you license, <laughs> just because you're driving me insane. Um, but I never, I never stopped. I mean, I would go to school. I would want to go to the gym. I would take, I cheer, I was a cheerleader. So we would do cheerleading practice in the morning for one of our classes. And I would always be like, can I just go to the gym? Do I need to be in practice? Especially once the seasons were over and we weren't cheering for anything. I was like, this is stupid. Let me go to the gym. Um, and then it just followed me. I got to college and I would skip class to work out with my mom and dad would kill me if they knew that they were sending me out of state and I was just not going to class so that I could go to the gym. I took like running and weightlifting and all these classes that were fitness related. Um, and I don't, I honestly, to this day, I cannot tell you what it is that hooked me, but something did. And I'm so grateful because I never I was never the person that was afraid to go into a weight room. And I know for a lot of females that is scary. Um, So I will be 35 next year. And I've been doing this for so long that it was never even a thought like, oh, girls don't go into the weight room. Like when I got to college, I didn't even notice, you know, just blinders. Like I'm here to lift and to work out, (laughs) which is not why you're in school, but whatever. Uh, But I never even thought for a second, like, oh, I shouldn't be in here lifting. I should just be doing cardio or whatever. So I'm so grateful that my dad introduced me because he just, I guess he wanted to treat me like one of the boys. And like, this is what you do. You can go to the gym, you work out, you get stronger. I was never afraid to get stronger or get bigger. Um, I did have a little bit of a, I would say, in law school, law school is really hard. You just are so stressed out and everything. I got a little carried away as far as running all the time and work just like I had no other outlet. And so I would run like eight miles a day and train and do all these things and then go to class and study. And I wasn't eating very much. And I just got like, I feel like it was an accident, you know? And then I realized after a few years of doing that, that I was way under eating and way over training and I needed to chill out and get some help. And then that's kind of when I found bodybuilding, um, because I hired coaches and they were like, this isn't bad, but you need to chill. Actually, if you want to gain weight and or gain muscle, and you want to look like these bodybuilders that you are seeing now on Instagram, which just sort of had come into the picture, mm-hmm. those girls look so awesome. Why am I so like skinny? Why don't I have enough muscle? I work out all the time. And it was because I was under eating and overtraining. Um, and just didn't know. And so then that's when I started getting really into like the nutrition side of it and really fueling my body and looking at performance. And, you know, I just got obsessed all over again, (laughs) realizing there's a whole other way to do this. You know, before I was like training to kill myself just as an outlet. And then I realized, Oh wait, you can train and it can be fun and it can be good for you. And so that, I mean, that's the journey in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and, and that just raised a couple of thoughts for me that for those that are listening right now, cause this is something consistently I've heard for many years is, you know, oftentimes women are nervous to go in a gym. Like you said, they're either just right on the cardio machines. Um, and that's where they feel comfortable or they go and potentially lift like really light weights because they're afraid to get bulky. Right. Um, so maybe for just a moment here, because you've been doing this for quite some time and, uh, you know, the stuff, can you maybe just debunk a couple things and give some tips to, you know, a, a lot of my listeners are women. So for someone that's listening right now, you've clearly done it, you know what it's like. And also as women, a lot of times I have to tell my clients, you need to eat more. 
you need to rest, right? So what are a couple yeah. of those things that you could say um, that would be helpful to a listener right now? That's like, all right, I'm motivated. I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the eating thing, and I know as women, we have such a hard time understanding that. Um, and yes, I was guilty for sure of eating like a thousand calories a day and tracking and making sure that I didn't eat any more than that. And because I didn't want to gain weight, but I wanted a certain muscular look. Mm-hmm. So I was, it was doing two opposing things. I was never going to get there. And then I will say for people who think you can get too bulky, I am bigger now, but I've also been lifting for 16 years and I don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, <laughs> and I was a competitive powerlifter. So I was lifting like as heavy as you would lift ever. And I still don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So that's not really how it works. Um, You can lift as heavy as you want for as long as you want. And I guarantee you're still not, as a female, you're just not going to put on the kind of muscle that you think you are in your head. Our bodies don't work that way. Um, I mean, you could maybe do a bunch of steroids to get there, but that's also not going to happen. So I would say, don't be afraid to eat. Once I realized that food and resting is actually how you achieve the goal. I mean, it was game over. I was like, Oh, I could do this all day. I can eat all day. <laughs> like, What, how much do I get to eat today? And my fiance always makes fun of me when I'm in prep for a bodybuilding show, I'll be eating like 250 grams of carbs a day. And he's like, aren't you dieting? I'm like, yes, exactly. Like, this is dieting. <laughs> it's me dieting. So it's fantastic. You know, I mean, they're not always that easy, but some preps, it's like my body can't get enough food because the more you feed it, the more you're burning through and the more, the happier it is, honestly. So if you treat your body well, it will be kind back, which that took me probably eight years to figure out. But once I did, I mean, it's been minus the injuries, smooth sailing since then. So, <laughs> Of course. And we'll talk about that in just a moment too. So now I, I want to ask you, cause you brought up food and this is a really big one for, for a lot of my listeners um, and kind of the, the guilt and shame around, you know, like carbs are quote unquote bad or fat yeah. is bad. Um, and I would just love to hear it from you because you do compete competitively. You've been in the nationals. Um, I think you said you've taken fourth place if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite, quite a big feat here. Um, and so just out of curiosity, what would you say to someone that's like, you know, if I want to be healthy and well, and, you know, build some muscle and feel great. Can I still eat pizza? Can I still have an ice cream? What, Mm -hmm. what would you say to that? Yes, please do. I mean, it's that age old, like, and it's obnoxious, but it's balance. And we know it when we're little, right? Like we know inherently when we're hungry. So we eat something and we're not hungry as a kid. You just kind of say no for the most part, you know, and as an adult, we should just go back to that, like get rid of all those things. And I will say my dad was really bad about telling us, you know, like you can't eat bread, bread makes you fat, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, Oh, maybe carbs do make you fat, you know? So maybe I should be afraid of them. He was wrong. Carbs aren't inherently bad. I mean, sure. If all you eat all day long is bread, that's not great either. But you know that like deep down, you know that you need a healthy variety of protein, carbs, and fats. And protein, carbs, and fats exist in everything, including pizza and ice cream. So you can have those things for sure. I mean, I love, I'm allergic to dairy, so I can't eat real pizza, but I love, (laughs) I love vegan cheese pizza. And it's just, 
a variety of macros in one sitting. And then maybe later that day, maybe if I had pizza for lunch for dinner, I'll have like a fish with a vegetable or something, but it's really the simpler you make it, the better off you'll be, you know, you can't overthink this stuff. Your body will reward you for eating food period. Um, and just, I always think like, okay, think about how, when you were a kid before you had all these weird food issues, before you were afraid of things, before you knew what diets were and all of that, eat like that. And that usually, (laughs) usually works for me. I love that. And I think that's beautiful advice. And I'm literally sitting here thinking about who may walk in at any moment. Um, (laughs) my daughter, who's five, that, you know, it's interesting. She'll be with my mom and my mom's like, of course, the typical Greek grandma, she's like, eat, eat, eat. And so she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not hungry, you know? And it's interesting because you're right. I think kids absolutely have that more simplistic. um, They're not conditioned for one way or the other. And, or uh, they're not eating just out of emotional comfort or something else. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, they're running around busy, having fun playing games. So they're not really thinking about food. And then when they're hungry, you know, and that's also same with the water, right? They're like chugging down the water after like a big day. They're like, ah, ah, you know, okay, that's a funny one. But uh, no, I love that you just brought up like keeping it simple. I think that's something that people can really take away with them. And now you did say that you had a couple injuries, which I do know I've kind of followed along on your journey. And I know that that hasn't been easy for you. So, you know, let's just talk to that for a moment uh, in the sense of a lot of people listening to this are going through something. Everybody, we're all inevitably going through something at some point in time, right? And, um, you know, how do you stay relentless when you get knocked down? Yeah, so I would say my first big injury was the L5 S1. So I have I have four herniated discs. Well, one of them is supposedly not herniated anymore because I got sir, I had surgery, but who knows? It could have re-herniated itself. Um, but I have two in my neck and two in my low back. And the L5 S1 decided to... I have a heart attack and in 2020, right. I was just, I had just gotten back into competing after taking a four-year break. Um, I had just won an overall title and I was ready to go to nationals and, you know, go the distance, win my pro card, all these things. And then my back was like, no, we're not doing that. Actually, you're not even going to be able to walk. So for, from, I would say July to September, when I got the surgery of 2020, I was, mobile, but barely, I would be able to be on my feet for like 30 seconds at a time, kind of walk a little bit. I wasn't able to take my dog on walks anymore. I would go to the gym still every day and just try to do what I could. Um, you know, a lot of arms because I was, I could be seated and, you know, do things like that. But in my head, I knew it was just a a season that I was in. It wasn't for the long term, I knew there would be a way out somehow. I had to go to a ton of rehab, visit relentless amount of doctors. I mean, I think I saw four or five different surgeons. I saw some stem cell people, stem cell people, and but then finally they were like, "This is you need to have an operation. We can't. There's no way around it." Um, so I finally got the surgery. The recovery was 12 weeks of nothing. I was allowed to walk. But because I could walk, I was so excited. I mean, because I hadn't been really able to walk and be pain-free. So that 12 weeks, I did what I was told. I only walked, I but I kept in my head, you know, if I do this the right way when I'm done, then I'm home free and I get to go back to the things that I love. So that was the, that was a struggle trying to keep myself from going to the gym. Cause once I started to feel better, I was like, well, I could probably just go and do, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. And my fiance and my friends, everybody, they were like, no, 
no, no, you're going to walk. And that's all you're going to do. So I did that. Um, and then did the PT and I got back in the gym. And so that's been a year all last year. I felt like I was in recovery, just trying to refigure out how to squat and deadlift and all those things that I used to love. I don't lift as heavy anymore just to be safe. Um, but you know, I feel like I found a good, a new normal for how I would train and everything. So I'm not like going crazy in the gym anymore. I'm getting older. So I'm trying to be careful, but it's still, still training and I still, you know, love it. But then (laughs) the other day in March, early March, I dropped a 45 pound weight on my foot. Uh, So I broke it. (laughs) So I just on May 5th actually is when I got the boot that I was in. So I was non weight bearing for eight weeks. So I was like, again, really, this is happening again. So that was not being able to put weight or do anything with my foot for eight weeks. I moved how, like we moved into a brand new house that we just bought all this stuff. And I like, there was nothing I could do. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm on a little knee scoot everywhere I go. Um, but at least with that, I was able to get into the gym and do upper body. And I would do like one legged workouts, <laughs> things like that. But again, I just had to remind myself, this is just a season and there's a lesson in here somewhere. Um, I think part of the lesson for me is I need to slow down. Sometimes I need to rest, relax a little bit. Um, and be more appreciative because even though I swear, I say, thank you every night. I'm, I'm a Christian God believer in God. And I'm like, thank you God for this body and for this passion and these things that I have that make me love fitness because I know not everybody has that. And I'm like, I still must not be appreciating it on the day to day. Like I should be, you know, maybe I'm not resting enough or something, or I'm, I am too hyper-focused on all these things and letting things stress me out when really I should just calm down and be in the here and now. And so I think I'm hoping that this is the last injury <laughs> that I've learned. My <laughs> but you know, if it happens again, it happens. I feel like the more and more you're in the gym, the it's almost unavoidable. So I'm sure I'll have another injury at some point, but I'm getting very creative on ways to work out. <laughs> injury, so <laughs> And creative on ways that you're injuring yourself as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nonetheless, and this is why I was so happy to have you on here today is you have a huge smile on your face. You're glowing and you radiate joy. And really the word that you chose being relentless, that no matter what comes your way, no matter what happens to remind each and every one of us to take those moments at night to whether it is thanking God, thanking source, thanking our bodies, however we want to look at that. It is so important to acknowledge this moment, right? Because this is all we have that we know of in this human body right now. And we're so blessed to have this. So um, Mm -hmm. with that being said, we're going to start to wrap things up here. And I want to ask you, you know, when it comes to your own self-care, obviously I know you work out, so we got that one covered. Um, (laughs) What are other things that you do for your self-care or to the flip side of that, what do you need more of? Mm. So I would, I was, I just started a new, uh, started a new job at a different law firm. So I kind of, I merged my law firm with another law firm. So I have more resources and all these things, but with that comes more responsibility as far as I have somebody else's time that I need to be concerned about as opposed to mine. So I used to be very diligent with my morning routine. I would read, um, I read a devotional and then I would journal for a little while and I love doing that. That is probably my favorite self-care thing because it gives me a few minutes in the morning to 
to wake up and to appreciate and to be thankful for a new day. And, you know, just set my, which I hate to say this, set my intentions for what I plan to do that day and how I, you know, want to feel. Um, and so I've gotten away from that a little bit the last month, just because of this new position. So I would like to get that back. Um, but if I can't get to it in the morning, I try to get to it at night just to give myself some time to kind of clear my mind because I do, I am like, go, 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 you know, like very, again, like very type A, very, you know, plan, execute. Okay. on to the next thing. And so it's just nice to sit and have just let thoughts, you know, flow onto a page, just read a little bit, um, and really just take a breather. So Mm -hmm. that is definitely my favorite self-care, you know, task or event. I don't know. I love that. Well, no, and I think that it's just good to share because, you know, no matter what, there's six pillars of self-care, we could take care of our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and financial. And it's obviously really important to hear the different ways I like for my audience to hear the different ways that any of my guests are practicing, because it might be something different than, you know, someone else had said, or somebody thought, and there are so many ways to do it. It's not the one size fits all, you know, they take the bubble bath and get the massage and everything's going to be better and go away. Um, And so I think it's just really important to know that. And that's, and I love oftentimes what I hear over and over again. And what I've seen in my own research is a lot of it is simple. A lot Mm -hmm. of the things that we really actually need are simple and we tend to overcomplicate them in many different ways. So just kind of taking it back and you brought this up a few times, like taking it back to being simple to the basics. Um, And so I just want to honor you, Shannon, for being here today. I want everyone that's listening right now to get your phone out and go look up on Instagram, lifting lawyer, Shannon Montgomery. She has her website and everything listed on there. So you can follow her for some extra inspiration. I guarantee you will be automatically motivated to get your butt in the gym and get moving. And not only, yeah. And not, not only that, but she's also just a ray of sunshine and and a brilliant woman that is willing to help uh, in the community. So please make sure you follow her and reach out, reach out to her. And then Shannon, you and I, I'd love to get uh, a one-on-one conversation going soon and do some shop talk as well. So thank you so much for being on What's the Word. This is so fun though. I love it. And thank you so much for having me. I mean, again, this is such an honor and treat for me. So I really appreciate it. Well, wonderful. Well, I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Okay. Bye everyone. Be sure to subscribe to What's the Word and uh, leave a comment, share with your friends, do something fun. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me here at What's the Word? Follow us on social media with the links on the screen and don't forget to like and share with your friend. Your support helps us grow and continue to make inspirational content. See you next time on What's the Word?